Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Crikey! Hi! Today we're going to be playing Arc Nova, designed by Matthias Wig. The artist is Stefan Beaker, Loic Bilau of Spirit Island Straw Sprawlopolis, not Strawopolis, um, and Glenmore. Dennis Lauhausen of the Gaia Project, Afis Froden, Terra Mystica, Quack Squidlinburg, Fields of Arl, Voyage of Marco Polo, and more. And Christoph Tisch of the Dominion series and Kirkusones, some of them. Published in 2021 by Capstone Games. The description is, in Arc Nova, you will plan and design a modern, scientifically managed zoo with the ultimate goal of owning the most successful zoological establishment. You will build enclosures, accommodate animals, and support conservation projects all over the world. Specialist and unique buildings will help you in achieving this goal. The mechanics are endgame bonuses, hand management, hexagon grid, income, increase of value of unchosen resources, open drafting, set collection, solo solitaire, tags, tile placement, variable player powers, and variable setup. Mm. And, oh, I don't like this box art. Uh, the box art... <laughs> Well, you have yeah, to I'm now actually, describe uh, it. Yeah, you have to describe it. Uh, and then I want to know it why. It is um, uh, some some zoo standard zoo animals on a pile of leaves inside a glowy uh, transparent bubble above a data generated hand on a blue to green background, and I don't like it because it just looks like uh, an ad poster for like 2003 Discovery Channel series. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, you're right. It's just, I don't know. I feel like for game box art, I want something a little more artistic and a little less uh, advertisement-y. That's, that's kind of why I've avoided this game for the last like year. Because you didn't want to talk about the box art? No, just because I was like, I like, because I remember it came out at, I think, Gen Con last year, right? Yes, it was like all and, the rage. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of people with it and I just looked at the box art and I was like, it just, I don't know, something didn't appeal to me. So you're I mean, you're right. For 2021, the box art could be a little bit more. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. The idea of building a zoo, though, the description like really the description actually is good. sold me. Um, I just never bothered to get that far because the box art. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So I guess I would you pull it off a shelf. Obviously, I've, I'm going to be a no just because I, I said I wouldn't, even though I'm a little bit more intrigued. Obviously, I've heard it's a good game. The description intrigued me, but the box art has always turned me away. So uh, what about you guys? I'm a no as well. The box art is not very unique and even uh, I'm not very into creating a zoo. As much as I do sometimes enjoy visiting them, I don't know. Yeah, I'll be the one. Yes, although it's a like a. Not a lighthearted yes, but like a a questionable (laughs) yes. Okay. I think I'm more in like the maybe because like the description there can be no has maybe. me. Yeah, there can exactly like like <laughs> like we tell Kate there can be no maybe. There yes, is only you want yes, a yes or no. Or no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe isn't put into our database. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lean more towards yes because like the description has me. Uh, the popularity that it had from the Gen Con we were at has me. I know people absolutely love the game. Um, some there was a. People every now and again, like the end of the month, they'll post their board, their BGG stats from the 
board game uh, stat tracker uh, app. And somebody played Ark Nova 26 times in February. So it's like, there are people who absolutely love this game. Uh, and so it's it's more of like, a, I am interested to see if it lives up to that hype. Okay. Um, so I will say yes, but it's kind of a, a an on the fence yes. All right. Oh, no. How do we think it's played? <laughs> there were some hand management insect collection. We're building a zoo, so we want to have like... I mean, I'm going to guess that we want to have like a variety is our set collection, like, you know, one canine, one feline, one marsupial. Okay. Okay. One hippopotamus. Hippop? Hippopotamus? Yeah. Okay. So we got like, like the uh, families of animals. Um Hexagon grid, I, I'm getting like terraforming Mars sort of visions of like a hex grid. So your zoo is like a, a grid you're going to build out uh, and hand management will be like, you know, your card options. Do you think the hand is the animals or do you think that's like um, zoo stuff, like non-animal zoo stuff? I don't know what a zoo stuff is. Oh, man. Are we about to play a game where BP is going to steal all the bathrooms again? Yeah. Got to build enclosures. about. Because you know if there's a game where BP can steal bathrooms, she's going to do it. Yeah. Yes. And frozen bananas, I'll take it. Increased value of unchosen resources. That's like um, Raccoon Tycoon. Uh, well, I think the way it's defined in Board Game Geek is uh, you add... So it's more like Agricola or Caverna, where if somebody doesn't go to that spot and take the stone, you just mm. keep adding oh, stone to that spot. Okay. That's what that mechanic That's is. So you keep adding monkeys to the to the resources until, until somebody, someone decides that is enough monkeys. I will take them. I will so take the thirty monkeys. A good monkey choice. Okay. Um, Open drafting. I. I what? I don't know. I feel like the cards have got to be the animals. I don't yeah, know why I, I feel like that. Cards of the animals. Uh, if you don't pick it, you get a bonus monkey, and <laughs> yeah. uh, occasionally. Um, there's an animal breakout and you've got to, got to bring them all back. Variable player powers. One person specializes in monkeys. One person's yes. a aviary specialist and the other person specializes in hippopotami. Yes. Um, okay. I know who I'm playing. Hippopotami? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I hope there's a penguin person. I want to be the penguin person. Those are birds. It's. I said aviary. Okay. I guess I would be. Orphan. No, I want specifically a penguin person. Okay, just penguins. You know what? I want non-flying birds. Okay. Penguins, kiwis. So it's the pilot. Yes. When it says support conservation projects, I get the impression like, what was the game we played where like there were expeditions that went out and you like supported them? Was it? Um, oh, there was. Uh, it was a sea. It was like a seafaring one. Yeah, I won uh, that one. Uh, Portugal. So, uh, yes. What was the Portugal game? Coimbra. Uh, Coimbra, yes. Oh, I didn't win that one. Yeah. I was thinking of a different one. Uh, there's a few that do it, but that's the one that jumped to my mind, so. Okay. All right. Uh, I think we got it. Uh, okay. Yeah. What is the history of non-flying birds? Or too many monkeys. I'll accept either one. So, by the title, I went with flood stories. Uh, and... Most people are probably familiar with the one in Genesis. There are correlating ones in the Epic of Gilgamesh, 
And another, uh, I'm going to probably butcher this name, Acadian text that came out um, very similarly to Gilgamesh, um, which was written down in uh, a later period. Let me see if I can find the name. Uh, it was an Akkadian version. Art. Art. Oh, and now I'm not going to find it. Arturi? Uh, art at Trahasis. No, it's different. Atrahasis and Gilgamesh. Um, so anyway, when you look at the breakdown of these stories and you could throw in Genesis, although the article I had did not compare it to Genesis, though in our classes, we do ask students to compare the flood stories in Genesis to Gilgamesh. Um, but all of them involve uh, some sort of God, supernatural being coming down uh either secretly or non-secretly telling uh one particular chosen human uh to build a boat and to collect uh animals and living things and pile them all into the boat because in the epic of Gilgamesh there's this other god who's sick of the humans and so wants to destroy them and so uh the one god is kind of secretly betraying the other gods by getting this one human to um be, to be saved. And so, you know, in, in all of these stories, this one human gets apparently the rest of the humans to help them build a boat that has very specific dimensions, by the way, and very specific details that have been given to them by their gods and uh, to construct. Then there's a huge flood. All of these uh, civilizations, by the way, of course, were in Mesopotamia region between the Euphrates and Tigris rivers. So many archaeologists and historians believe that since there's so many correlations at some point, like uh, these were all shared cultures or that there was also some sort of flood that had happened in the region. Probably, you know, devastating floods happened all the time. Um, so in all of these, after in uh, Gilgamesh, six days, seven nights, seven days, seven nights, you know, round about a week of flooding uh, or so, uh, the floodwaters and winds stop. Uh, various birds are sent out from all of these boats to try to find out if, in fact, uh, there is land to be had. Um, in Gilgamesh, interestingly enough, the last bird to go out that never came back was a raven. Mm. Mm -hmm. Probably because it was actually Odin. Oh, wow. That'd be a super cool story. I wonder why they didn't think of that. I don't know. Anyway, um, and in all of these stories, the one human that was saved offers... Uh, thanks and sacrifices uh, to their gods, respective gods, and the gods are very pleased and very happy that this one human was saved and usually give this one human some sort of, of gift that would seem very good for the human. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, the person receives, the person and his wife receive uh, immortal life. Um, all right. Well, after this, we talk about Gilgamesh um, mm -hmm. and why they didn't have Odin. Uh, you guys want to know how Sarga. to play? Can I just point out that the art name Ark Nova like makes me think of a sci-fi game. Like you're in like a space arc and there's a supernova that you're writing. 
It seems like a weird name for the game, but maybe you'll explain it in the rules. Spoiler alert. I will not. (laughs) All right. So if you want to know what we're about to get into, this is written prior to the game setup section at the front of the book. Both the designer and the publisher have made every effort to be realistic in the implementation of this game. In rare cases, however, concessions have been made for the sake of the game mechanics. For example, the koala has the subclass bear, which is often used colloquially, but does not correspond to reality. The same applies to the enclosure requirements. So don't they, they put a lot of effort to not have like animal people come at them. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're all presidents, CEOs, animal handlers, maybe supreme animal commander. Ooh, uh, that sounds awful. Of our own zoo. And we want to be the best dang zoo around. We want animals to make our zoo more attractive. We want to support conservation projects and just be all around good stewards of the animal kingdom. Ignoring the whole putting animals in cages Great. thing. <laughs> The player that does this the best is the winner. All right, first term is randomly decided. Um, but you could it could be the last to visit a zoo, which is pretty much the much logical here, but even coming uh, going to come up with more. Uh, play then goes clockwise around the table, and rounds have a variable length that is determined by a break track. So I guess we should determine who is the last to visit a zoo. I don't know. I took Paxton at some point. Now, I didn't necessarily visit the zoo, but I did fly uh, above 3,000 feet. So legally, uh, per the requirements of the FAA and uh, several miles south of the San Diego Wild Animal Park and looked for rhinoceroses with my forward-looking infrared. I'm sure Pax and I actually had visited the wild park at some point when you were gone. Eric? Ooh, I don't know. 2016-ish, maybe? All right. So we were supposed does... to go this year for zoo lights, but it rained, so we didn't go. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the last time I've actually been in a zoo. 2013 was probably the last time I was in a zoo. Um, but if you count looking at animals at night through an infrared sensor. I do. That sounds cool. I, I mean... It'd be like going on safari, right? You're just sort of there and you're looking at them from far away. Fine. Beep, you beep. can go. No, no, you're going. <laughs> okay. I'll go first. Okay. All right. Play then I think, goes I think clockwise. we're all going to want that anyway for this game. So yeah. yeah. Uh, play then goes clockwise around the table. Rounds have a variable length that is determined by the break track that is adjusted based on the actions the players take. Players will take an action in turn order until the break is triggered, at which point we'll do some administrative actions and then continue taking actions again. Uh, On a player's turn, they're going to select one of the actions below their player board. They're in columns one through five. The column will dictate the strength that the action is performed at. The card is then moved to the left column or the first column, which is strength one, and the rest are shifted one column to the right. So they get stronger. All of the actions have a starting side and an improved side with several ways during the game to improve the actions they provide. And you can improve your action strength by playing an X token. And there's several different ways to get those X tokens. The actions are, and this is, uh, these are the actual titles on the cards. You can do the cards action. Uh, You're going to advance the break token two spaces and then draw cards from the deck based on the strength of the action. Uh, The zoo cards can be animals, sponsors, or conservation projects. And if you have a strength of five or more, you can also uh, choose a card from the display instead. You can build 
you can build a building of your choice to a size based on the strength of the action. So if it's a strength three action, you can build up to a, three, uh, a structure or a building that's three hexes or smaller. And you're gonna pay two money per uh, space. So that three hex something would cost you six money. Uh, the basic action, you can build kiosks, pavilions, standard enclosures, and a petting zoo. Um, you can only build on empty spaces, so you can't build on the rocks or the water that we'll see on our map. Uh, you must build adjacent to an existing building or enclosure. Kiosks must be three spaces away from other kiosks. You don't want them too close together. And enclosures are built empty side up until you fill them with animals. All right, we have the animals action. In this case, we're going to play a number of animals based on the strength of the action from your hand to an appropriate enclosure and if your zoo meets the prerequisite and if your zoo meets the prerequisites. So some animals will say like, hey, you need two bears already in your zoo before you can play this bear. So you would have to have those two bears before you brought in the other bear. Is it because the bears have to? Well, everybody knows that bears comes in pairs. <laughs> Pairs of bears. Pairs of bears. Uh, and eagles that don't look at each other. Hawks. Uh, hawks, that's right. Uh, you have association actions. So there's an association board, which allows you to uh, either increase your reputation, uh, gain a partner zoo, uh, gain a partner university, or do conservation project work. And those will be dictated by um, the strength of the action that you take. Then you have sponsors. So you can play a sponsor card based on the strength or advance the break token and take money. So if it's if you're in column four and you do the sponsors, you could take you would have to advance the break token four and then you would get four money or you could play a sponsor card that was strength four. And then finally, if you don't want to take any of your actions, you can select one of your cards, move it all the way to the one slot uh, and take uh, a X token. And you only get a one, no matter what slot you took that card from, uh, you only get one. And then you can't have more than five X tokens. Those X tokens can be used to increase the strength of that action. So if you have like a strength two action that you want to take, but you'd rather it be strength three or four, you can add those X tokens to make your uh, action stronger. Uh, if you are the person who causes the break token to reach the end of the track, you gain an X token. And then after that, we complete your turn. All players take a break. All players discard down to their hand limit, which is going to start at three. We're going to return any action tokens on cards back to the supply. All our workers are going to return back to our zoo board. Any cards in folders one and two on the main board are discarded and we replenish the board. And then finally, players gain the income based on their appeal and any kiosks they have. The end of game is triggered when a player ends their turn with their conservation counter and appeal counter in the same scoring area or beyond. So we have two tracks, scoring tracks essentially, and they're working in opposite directions. So once they cross or meet, that's when the game ends. Uh, if you're if the break was triggered, we'll get an extra turn too, but everyone's going to get everybody else is going to get an extra turn. Uh, all players get conservation or appeal points from their final scoring cards. Then each player checks the lowest appeal uh, in the area of their conservation points, and we're going to subtract the values between the two. So if they haven't crossed yet, you're going to have a negative score. And if they've crossed, you're going to have a positive score. Uh, and then the player with the highest score is the winner. 
the player with the most, uh, and then ties will go to the person with the most conservation projects supported. And if it's still kind, they'll share the victory. So those are the rules. Let's play. just finished a game of Arc Nova. To recap, BP had negative 20 animal points. Right? Uh, I had 11 uh, uh, chairlift points. And Kiwi won with 18 predator points. Uh, Winning strategy, Kiwi. Uh, Conservation. Just try to find ways to get conservation. I about, I think about halfway through, I started focusing less on animals and started getting more on conservation and just did animals when I needed appeal to try and get up. And then I was trying to be the first one to cross. That was my strategy. I don't know. I was trying to make the cool things in the zoo. So like I did my chairlift to start and then an aquarium that I don't think did anything for me. Both of those gave me like no points. So um I, I tried to get fun animals and cool stuff in my zoo. I didn't really have a, I guess towards the end, I was going for conservation points, but I don't know. It wasn't, wasn't really a strategy for points. It was a strategy for getting stuff I wanted. Yeah. B- BP. I assume yours was I animals. Was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was building up a zoo um, and I got started on the conservation pretty late, which I guess really hurt me because I had a lot of appeal and yeah. not a whole lot of conservation because I had a petting yeah. zoo. Yeah. I had a petting um, zoo with guinea pigs. Yeah, I got the animals I got I liked, which I guess, uh, I mean, theme kind of goes into that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I had a cheetah. I had a badger. I had a sea lion. Uh, I had kangaroos. So I was pretty happy with my animal selection. Uh, did you feel like you were running a zoo, though? No. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was running a zoo. No. I felt like I was building out a zoo, sort of. Not but, really. I mean, it's yeah. piles on grid that part kind of didn't feel like much. It's really just animal cards, which is. I was just collecting. I was collecting. Collecting animals. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that the conservation really came into it much. One time I released an animal. I think that was the most conservation-y thing to do. I I released an animal as well. I started a breeding ground. But I don't know that like I really felt like the whole partnership zoo, that whole track in the upper right didn't feel too, I don't know, thematic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Table presence, what'd you think, BP? Meh. <laughs> that about sums it up. I mean, yeah. the the animals were nice to see, but they weren't like they weren't like super cute or super great realists. I mean, they were they seemed like photographs. It seemed yeah. like most of the cards were photographs of things, which but like not super even cool like photographs of them. I think they missed a real opportunity in some of the like the special tiles like Eric's Aquarium or the cable Mm -hmm. car. They're just like colored tiles. Like if you're going to have a special tile, why not have a tile covered in hyenas if it's a hyena compound or like a cable car, like have actual art of a cable car across Mm -hmm. it. Like I I think it's a real shame that they were just like, it's a silver thing with the cable car icon on it. Like I so the, the cards I get, right? There's so many animals. You're going to save mm-hmm. a lot of money just using photographs rather than 
you know, drawn right. stock, art and stock photographs yeah. too, probably. So yeah. I get that and I'm fine with that. And they're real pictures of animals, so you can't really go wrong. But the map, I feel like, was the huge miss, like Kiwi kind of mm-hmm. said. That not just in the specialty things, but even in like the enclosure. It doesn't even look like mm-hmm. a zoo. It just looks like colored tiles on a blob. Like, imagine like um, you know, when you go to the zoo and you get that like map of the zoo and it has that they it has a like map of a park artistic style to it. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't they do that? Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like you could have a really cool zoo map on the thing, and that would have just been a much better table presence. It kind of just feels Kiwi. like an afterthought. Kiwi is now looking at each of the little things to see yeah, if they're cooler see, than like, they are. The, the other problem is, is the art is oriented in a certain direction, mm-hmm. but you can turn the things yeah. in, in any way you want. So like it messes up the, I, I was looking at the one, I was like, what the hell are those? And then I turned it. I was like, oh, they're trees. It's a weird perspective because they could have just done an overhead like a map and it would have worked yeah. in yeah. a direction. I don't know. I feel like the whole map, thing was just a miss both in gameplay and in art and i feel like with table presence and with like the cards and things i mean if we're gonna speak i know this kind of gets into the rule book but that iconography oh yeah it's everywhere and that there's a whole separate book appendix or something for it like it could have been good but i just don't i would walk by this i think like i look a hex tile and a bunch of Pictures of animals. Yeah. Uh, mechanics, Kiwi, what'd you think? So I think the most interesting part, and in I think we've played games similar to this, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but the the action selection, how it went across mm-hmm. in a track and they got more mm-hmm. powerful, so you had to pick like when you did things. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Uh, I, yep. I felt like that that was a nice way to like pick your actions and like mm-hmm. where you were going to do them. And there were cards that let you like, okay, you can take one of your cards and put it to the five spot, or you can put a card to your one spot. So you can like get bonuses to move things around. So I thought mechanically, like that was an interesting way to do action selection. Um, I, also I your cards get more powerful as you unlock them. So that's kind of yes. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was the best mechanic in the whole thing. Sure. Um, yeah, that was good. Um, you know, the, the playing the animal cards, I think, was pretty straightforward. You need oh, there's a lot of games that do that. You need a resource to play the card and then it gives you bonuses. Um, the two score tracker, I guess, was interesting, but I, I guess I didn't really like how it worked out. Um, uh, and then the the tile placement, I, I just thought could have been better and more important to the game, I guess. Didn't really seem like it mattered that much. Yeah. There. I mean, I felt like I was collecting animals, that's for sure. Yep. So set collection was there, and we were right in that the set collection was animal cards. Yep. And different animals, yep. mostly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess other than that, mechanically, there's just a lot, which I guess you, we kind of expected with the game, with the whole conservation tracker and mm-hmm. multi-score tracker and the hats. I forget what that was. Reputation. Reputation. Yes. Um, so all that. There's just a, a bunch reputable, of yeah. reputable zoo. Yeah, there's just a bunch of, of stuff, I guess, which it, it worked together. I'm not complaining about that, but it's a lot to which I guess going into uh, rules. It was a lot to learn um, and keep track of. And it, like it, I mean, I didn't just remember what reputation was. So like keeping track of what was what was kind of a challenge. Yeah, and the rule book, we had three different documents that 
I got from the the publisher's website. So I have a feeling that those are three different books within the mm. box. So we had a an icon sheet to look at the icons. We had a glossary that gave us additional rules for like things that were on cards. Although sometimes we didn't really need those because they did print them out mm -hmm. uh, directly onto the card as well. And then we had the rule book open. And then the rule book, like it explained things well. It had examples, but I felt like I just had a, a real hard time finding what I was trying to look for. I don't think it was laid out well to a point where it's like, oh, I'm looking for this. I need to go past this section. Uh, this because is like the steps, like it's not steps one, two, three, four, like it's five different actions. Mm. So you had to like jump between actions. And so it was, yeah, it was very difficult to find things within the rule book. They did that thing where it's like, there's an icon on a card and you try to figure out what that is. And then you read the card and it says it in plain text. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Why is there an icon? Why is there an icon? And if clearly you thought it was not intuitive because you also felt the need to put it in plain text. So like mm -hmm. you're just, it makes it busier. I forget. We yeah. played some other games. It's been a while, but I remember mentioning that before. Um, and then my other thought was, man, Kiwi has spent more time in this rule book than the war game we just played. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, it's impressive. I mean, and it was really challenging to learn. Like Kiwi tried so hard to explain the rules to us and both you and I just kept oh, saying, we're, we're just gonna have to walk through it. And I yeah. tried really hard to pay attention to what you were doing at the beginning, but it really was until I was doing it myself that it yeah. would start to click. I mean, I tried to watch you guys do some of the different actions, but I'd have to go back and be like, okay, wait, what did you just do again? Because I think you did the thing I would be thinking about, but how did you do that? And I think the first, up through the first full break, I would be like, I want to do this. Can I do this? Yeah. Yeah. There's all, <laughs> yeah. And because it's yeah. just all the terminology too, because he'd be like, I'm going to yeah. go do this. And I was like, wait, was that what I was going to do? Oh no, I was going to do an association, not a sponsor. <laughs> Right. What do those words even mean? Like, I guess, right. it's, I guess it's where we said where they, there was no thematic connection for us. So it right. makes it harder to learn because it's like they're now they're just terms that mean game mechanics that we didn't associate with anything. Right. Um, what was the term for picking up the card? Snapping? Snap. Yeah. That one I don't get. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. It was a hard one. I will say that, you know, towards the end of our three hour playthrough, you guys right. were moving very fast and you <laughs> you generally knew what the cards were. There were still some questions, but it was yeah. a lot faster and better than it was at the beginning of our three hour playthrough. Yeah. Um, which I'll go into player interaction with that. I don't remember talking to you guys for three hours. <laughs> Not about the game. Yeah, uh, except for asking asking Kiwi questions yeah. about playing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there there's no interaction except for those nope. two random things that affect other players, which felt out of the blue and dumb. And then they had other things in the card that if we weren't playing the, I guess direct sort of take that portion, were just better. Like yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know why that was in the game. It felt like the whole like, hey, we need this game to be a little bit more interactive. Let's tack on some take that that just it, it's one of those like if I'm not paying attention to anything BP is doing throughout the game, I don't want any of her actions or my actions affecting each other. Like, yeah, <laughs> it feels so random and tacked on. Would you play it again? BP? No, 
aside from collecting cute animals, which I would rather just, uh, I've subscribed to the Audubon Society on my Instagram, which is great for looking at beautiful bird pictures. Uh, way, way better than these. So I'm good to go for yeah. animal photos. Yeah, I'm also a no. It was about two and a half hours longer than I needed it to be. <laughs> um, it, there's so many animal games like uh, yeah. that I could play that kind of accomplish that and then cascadia has has hexagons and mm -hmm. good art there's so many um even ecos there's just so mm -hmm. many animal games and then mechanically i don't know it, i was pretty bored for a lot of the three hours like it's one of those games where i felt like there's a lot of things that i could do and none of them really appeal there were so many turns i was like i don't know what to do i'll just pick pick this like instead of like a game where it's like there's a lot of things to do and they're all like you want to do all of them and that's mm -hmm. like the fun of it. But this is like there's a lot of things to do and I want to do none of them. Uh, so I'll just take money, I guess. So I'm going to say yes. Um, I don't want to own it. There are other animal games I would rather play. Uh, Ecos would be a great example of something I would rather play than this. Uh, but I think if someone sat down and said, hey, let's play Ark Nova, I would. This reminds me a lot of Terraforming Mars when we played it all together, <laughs> where I really enjoyed the game. I, I don't want to say that I really enjoyed Ark Nova, but I didn't hate it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I was I should have written it down when I went back, you know, with the rule book being a little bit eh, questionable, I watched a couple of playthroughs. And as I was watching the playthrough, I thought to myself, I think I'm not going to hate this, but I know that the other two are. <laughs> and I should have written it down like three days ago just so I could prove like, hey, I wrote this oh, and no, I I knew you guys you. would not have a good yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I would play it again, but I'm not going to search it out. I'm not going to recommend it. I'm not going to, you know, nothing like that. But if someone was like, hey, I have this box of Ark Nova, do you want to play? I, I don't think I would say no. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. I didn't hate it. It's not bad like Terraforming Mars. It's just bad. Um, <laughs> but it just felt boring. Like, I, I feel like of a complex game, like at least give me like a Caverna or like something with a lot of interesting things I could be doing. It just felt like there wasn't that much interesting to do. And as a puzzle, even like, it just didn't feel like solid. And I feel like that's a lot of the times where our experiences are different because my, and I don't want to call it forced interaction, but my requirement to like, uh, like teach the rules and have everybody play the game in the way it's supposed to be played. Like, I feel like I am, and I've, I've definitely brought this up yeah, on other episodes. Mm -hmm. Like I find things more interactive not necessarily because the game is interactive, but, but because, because my role, right. I have to be that interactive yeah. uh, and pay attention. So like, I think I sometimes get a very different experience than mm -hmm. what you guys get because of that. But I usually get it because usually it's like, OK, I see the puzzle. I'm I think it's boring, but a puzzly mind like yours, you know, I could see why you enjoy it. But I don't know. This one, even as a puzzle, just didn't jump out at me. Is that that intriguing? But Clearly enough people enjoy it, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That is uh, Arc Nova. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do so via email at firstturntabletop at gmail or Twitter and Instagram. We are at firstturncast. And the podcasting camel says, 
So he's strolling through to the cable car. He says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, we're going to lose cable over here. <laughs> Play more games. Get the animal people. <laughs>